Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish, see what I did there? Your mind, your body, and your spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, love fiercely, and probably make a ton of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours truly, Claire. Here we go. Hello, friends, and welcome, and thank you for tuning into what is episode 20 of the Yours Truly podcast, where we go beyond macros and we ditch diets to talk about nutrition in a more gentle way, nutrition and life in a more gentle way. So this is a lifestyle and an eating pattern that truly nourishes your body, mind, and spirit and allows you to live a little bit more gently and kindly with yourself. I am your host. You guys know me, but if you are new to the show, my name is Claire Tuning. I'm a registered dietitian and yoga teacher. And today I have another very cool guest on the show. Um, Her name is Steph. And I'm kind of thinking that I have equal numbers of guests from Canada and the United States. Um, Steph lives in Canada. She is a coach who uses fitness, mindset, um, and business to coach women to be more confident. So Steph, I will let you take the floor and introduce yourself to everyone listening. Amazing. Thank you so much, Claire. I'm really excited to chat with you today. This is going to be amazing. So yeah, I am a coach. I started off over a year and a half ago, basically just doing fitness coaching. Um, I was really sick and tired of seeing what I was seeing in the online industry when it came to fitness, quick fixes, you know, diet plans, all these things. And I was just ready to kind of take over and do my own thing and help women get fit in a more sustainable way. So I have a a fitness program called Courageously Confident. And then from there, I've expanded into mindset courses and coaching, one-on-one coaching, and starting actually this year helping other entrepreneur women start up their online brand. So that's basically the just, the three things I'm doing, fitness, mindset, and more so branding on social media. Yeah. I love how you kind of touched on that you started in fitness, but then you kind of branched out and kind of are under this umbrella of confidence because what I find in nutrition, I talk a little bit about movement, um, fitness in a broad sense of the term. I'm not like a fitness coach by any means, but what we find when we talk about nutrition, it really turns into a conversation about confidence and mindset. So it's no shock to me that you have branched out to kind of this broader um, theme of confidence in all of your teachings. But before we get into to uh, the bigger topics. I want you to tell everyone, because I think it's funny, what your social media handle is. Like, what are you known by? <laughs> oh my gosh. So exogingy is my Instagram. And it's so funny. So I had my Instagram, I don't even know how for how long, like years, right? Before I even started this or had the thought that I would be a coach entrepreneur. So when it came to the time where I began this business, I was like, do I change it? But for so long, I've been known as exo Gingy that it 
felt so wrong if I changed it. People would like, where'd she go or who is she? Yeah. So I just felt like I need to keep it and, and not change it. So yeah. <laughs> no, I gotta love it. You gotta stick with your identity, the OG identity. Yes. And for anyone like Steph and I are on video chat right now, but for anyone who's never seen her, seen her content, um, she has beautiful red hair, right? Which I, um, some people say like, Claire, you're totally a ginger, right? You totally have red hair. I identify as like a blonde with strawberry tendencies, right? Um, but it's so good to have someone on the podcast who's like, yes, same hair color, like, and it's it's amazing. Yeah. I'm, um, interested to hear that story. That's very cool, but I'm also interested to hear. So courageously confident is Mm -hmm. the name of your course. I kind of want to hear your take on what that means. Like when you think of a courageously confident woman, and I say woman, because I am under the impression that you mostly work with women. What does that mean to you? Yes. So When I was thinking of what should I call this program, I was really trying to think of of something different, but also what I want women to feel. And so I want women to feel courageous and confident, courageous in the aspect that they're willing to be a little bit afraid, but still do something because they know it's good for them. And through that, they gain confidence. So really it means when we're talking about fitness is the gym and lifting weights is what really what my program is about can be intimidating and scary for women. So they need to be a little bit courageous to step into something like that. But through that, they build confidence, not only in their bodies, but in themselves. So that's really what it is. A courageously confident woman is just someone who is, is okay with being afraid to do something, but is courageous enough to do it. And then you build confidence from it. So yeah, Yeah. it's It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's like stepping outside, like no matter how cliche it sounds, it's like taking baby steps outside of your comfort zone. And with every step, you get a little bit more confidence. You're like, okay, now I'm going to take a step farther. And um, you mentioned something about weight training and this is a fitness program. And I, myself, um, I don't talk about weight training a lot in my Instagram because that's not necessarily my target audience. But Mm -hmm. me personally, this is something that I've fallen into the past two and a half three years. And I totally resonate with what you just said, that it can be intimidating Mm -hmm. for a lot of women because I went to a semi-large university. In my opinion, it was large and they had a beautiful gym that they reopened when I was like a junior there. And they, they had the the bottom floor. Um, it was like the meat locker, right? Like it was just like a (laughs) bunch of dudes, like with mirrors and weights. And for me, a tiny little girl looking in, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so intimidated because I don't feel like I have the tools to step in there and act confident. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. So I totally resonate with maybe other women who are like, I want to get into that kind of training or I want to be confident in that way, but I don't know how. So I'm curious how you got into this. Like, how did you get into um, this method of training, the weight-based rather than just typical cardio things? Yeah. So I was the typical cardio girl for a very long time because when I got into fitness, I didn't really know what I was doing and what was really popular and easy, quote unquote, easy online was cardio, cardio, cardio. Like that's where I saw, that's what I saw everywhere. Right. So do cardio, cardio, this will make you toned and fit and you know, all these things. So I was like, okay. And I did that for a very long time and I hated it, but I did it because it was cool online. (laughs) Guilty. So I did it and I was like, okay, this is what I have to do to feel strong and be strong and look strong. That was like my goal. Right. 
And the only things that I was seeing was cardio and diet, cardio and diet. And eventually I burnt out. It wasn't fun. I wasn't seeing results. I, it just was not motivating. So I was like, there has to be another way. There has to be a way that I can be fit and healthy and enjoy the process and work out and love it and feel amazing. And that's when I was seeing other women kind of do strength training, going to the gym, like eat, not having to diet so crazily and all these things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out and got a gym membership. I was scared, you know, all these things we go through, but I, I stepped into the gym and I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the process of lifting. And I think when it comes to fitness, I think there still is in today's culture, like, oh, I have to work out. Like it's a burden for people because, because their motivation maybe comes from somewhere not so positive, right? Like not for a feeling they want to look a certain way, which, okay, fine. But if your main motivation is to be a certain weight or be a certain size after it's, after a certain time, it's just not fun anymore. But when you love the process and it's part of your, your lifestyle, um, it's just, it's just part of your lifestyle and it's amazing. So I personally fell in love with lifting. It made me feel powerful, strong, sexy, not just in the gym, but I carried that outside of the gym and that's just how I, I got into it. So started off the typical cardio thing, got frustrated and decided to just step through my fear, go to the gym, lift weights. And I loved it ever since. Yeah, I can, I can really relate to that because I feel the same way. Once um, I had a couple of friends kind of take me into that space I was mentioning earlier that I was afraid of and showed me, okay, these are some things that you can do. It was like you were saying earlier, take a baby step. I got more confident. And now two and a half, three years later, I go into the gym. Like it's no big deal. I love it. Like you do, like as much as I love yoga and I carry the same confidence and I'm able to build in the gym outside with me. And ultimately that is what has led me to, you know, be the dietitian that I am, have my own business. And what this conversation really reminds me of is a portion of my coaching program. I have three pillars, right? It's eat gently. So we're talking about nutrition. Um, the last one is love fiercely. So it's whatever fills your cup. And then this, um, what it really reminds me of is move freely and it's moving in a way, engaging in activity regularly, because yes, we know physical activity is good for us, but we never want to be going at it from the angle of the, I have to, like you said, exactly. or I'm bound to this certain exercise that maybe will make me look a certain way, but at the end of the day, I hate it. I don't have fun. I don't feel good when I do it. So I think it's great that your personal story to this type of movement mirrors how you want your people to feel, right? You want them to feel confident, love their movement, um, all of that. And something that I think would benefit listeners. Maybe someone's listening and they're like, oh, sounds cool. Like I'm also kind of afraid of the weight room and I hate doing cardio all the time. What are like a couple tips you would give to kind of get over the hump of the intimidation that may be tied to that area of the gym? Yeah, that's huge. I think it's so easy to just go to the gym and go on the treadmill, right? Cause it's easy. It's safe. And that's the thing. And, and Sometimes you're like on the treadmill and you see the, the gym and the weights and you see like maybe guys or even other women, they look intimidating, they look right. strong. And then all of a sudden the self-doubt comes in like, oh, what if I look dumb or what if I'm not as strong or I don't know how to do exercises or I don't, you know, all the self-doubt. So I think the number one thing to realize is that we're our own worst critics and we overthink the whole scenario. So once you realize like, 
not as many people are staring at you as you think, or, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world if you look dumb or make a mistake, right? The biggest hurdle is to kind of get over those thoughts. And the best way to do that is just to go and try. And I would say preparing yourself. So whether that's like through a program or online, looking up exercises, whether that's going to the gym and maybe getting a tour of the gym. I know a lot of gyms might offer that for free or something. Get someone, a personal trainer to show you around, show you some exercises so you actually feel comfortable. Because it, it will feel awkward and weird if you really don't know what you're doing, kind of walking around. Um, so definitely in some way familiarize yourself, whether it's researching online, you know, hiring a coach or personal trainer, So you know what to do and you're confident and just go in saying, I'm going to do these like three or four or five, whatever exercises and you're done. And that's all you do. So you're slowly, like we're talking about taking those baby steps to building your confidence, being in the weight room, getting more comfortable and kind of getting over your own insecurities and realizing everyone might feel awkward. Even that big bulky guy lifting (laughs) weights, like you, you don't know what he's thinking. So it's more in our heads than I think we realize. And I'm really about kind of tough love with my clients. My message is we are the only thing stopping us. So if we know that it's something we want to do, we know we see these other women, you know, feeling really good and lifting weights. Why can't we, like, why are we holding ourselves back? We, We are the only person that can make that change. And it's just about taking a leap of faith and doing it and everything will stem from there. Mm -hmm. I think that's why having a coach or, you know, a program or something for that external accountability and that someone to say, Hey, I believe in you. So you start to believe in yourself in a way is really powerful. I always joke with my clients, same way, like tough love in a sense, like, Hey, like we're here to be friends, right? Like I want to be your friend, but I'm not going to be that friend that lets you get away with stuff. Right. (laughs) That's what we're here for. You're not here to say that you want to do something to say you want to eat intuitively or to say you want to work out in whatever way it is, but then not actually do what you say you're going to do. So I love that. And it almost reminds me of like me and my dietitian brain over here. I'm thinking what you were just talking about is like a recipe, right? Like uh, no one goes, well, maybe some people, I personally hate recipes. So maybe this isn't the best example, but say baking, right? You can't go rogue when you bake something. So I'm not going to walk into my kitchen and try to make a bunt cake. I don't know why that came to my mind, but I'm not going to try to make a bunt cake without having some sort of recipe, right? And I'm not just going to freewheel it if I've never done it before. Same thing applies when you're going to the gym, if you have totally no idea, which we've all been there before, like we're all going to level with each other here. Don't walk in and expect to make the perfect bunt cake or have the perfect workout when you've never been there before. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like we put this pressure on ourselves or maybe it comes from other sources, but like it has to be perfect the first time you do it. Like, you know what I mean? We put that pressure and that's why I think a lot of people don't try is because they're afraid of it not being perfect or whatever that that idea is. And I love that you brought that up. Like we have to be okay with imperfection because I don't think there is a a thing of of, a perfect workout. There's no such thing. Or you know what I mean? We all have our days. We all have, you know, low energy, high energy, whatever. You have stronger days, weaker days. And I think you have to just accept that and let go of the ego of, trying to be perfect and just accept the process. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think letting go of the ego and accepting the process and it's not going to be perfect was one of the biggest things in my journey that I'm like, okay, Claire, like I was the kid in high school, like I wanted all the A's. I I literally won a handwriting award when I was in first grade because I crossed my I's, dotted my T's, whatever, that backwards. But you know, like I grew up this perfectionist and I started realizing when, when I got older, you literally can't hold on to that and do anything impactful because you're just going to sit there and spin your wheels and spin your wheels. And I think it kind of plays back into earlier what you were saying about self-doubt and um, the reason why we may be so stuck in this perfectionism is because if we let anyone see anything else, then, oh my God, they're going to see what I see. They're going to doubt me too, right? So um, do you see a lot of people, I know the answer is going to be yes, but maybe what would you say to a woman who is really stuck in this self-deprecating cycle of self-doubt. She literally can't pull herself out of it to make any change impactfully. Kind of what would you offer her? Yeah. Um, I think it, it it's a lot of mindset work that needs to happen because we all, to an extent, doubt ourselves, right? We all have that negative voice in our, in our minds, but the difference between someone who can pull themselves out and someone who stays stuck is I, I, I will have doubts in my life, whether it's fitness or business or whatever, but I don't let them control me. So I'll still do positive things in my life or in my day, even if I feel a little negative or a little off, right? So someone who's stuck and can't get out of that really needs support and really needs community. Not someone like you said, like, I'm not going to hold your hand and baby you, but I want to help you and support you, but also show you that you can do this on your own. I'm really huge on showing people independence. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, having a coach is amazing. Having support, you know, growing as a person, learning all these things, you need the tools, but you re- you need to recognize that you have the ability to do this all yourself. So I think really talking to someone and, and showing them that they have control. You have control of your life and your outcome, and you can choose to stay stuck in self-doubt or you can choose to get up and act and move. And it's okay if you still feel a little bit negative, but get up, getting up and moving, like we talked about before, will build that confidence. We'll show you that you can. And it just takes a single step. And it's the hardest step is to just get up and do whatever the thing is, whether it's, you know, getting help, you know, going to the gym, you know, walking in the gym, whatever it is. It's, it's the first step is the hardest, but that's how you build that positivity and that confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like something that I tell my clients sometimes when they're having, you know, a hard time getting started or a hard time believing that what they're doing is actually making a difference. It's like, mm-hmm. think about two balls. This will kind of go with our fitness conversation, like two balls, right? One is at rest and one is slowly rolling, right? What is going to be easier to get moving faster? It's probably going to be the ball that you run up and kick that's already moving, right? Yeah. So if we can take tiny steps every day to, I don't know, get you to feel better about what you're eating to get you to feel better about what you're doing. Then at the end of four or five months, the ball is going to be rolling really fast. You're going to be unstoppable, right? Rather 
then letting you sit still and then going up really hard, kicking the ball really hard, letting it go real fast for like a day and then letting it stop again because the pattern that we set for ourselves was unsustainable, unmanageable, things like that. And I think that transitions really beautifully to another point about fitness. Maybe when someone is that ball, that sitting still, right? That's their life right now, but they don't want it to be like that. Do you ever see people, like I just said, running up and kicking it so hard in the beginning, setting a pace for themselves that is not sustainable, and then at the end of a month, they're maybe in a worse place than they were when they first started? Like, is that something that you see often? Absolutely. And the good thing about my clients and my program is I don't set them up for that, so I don't see it with my, with my clients who are in my program, but I see it before they step into my program. So the quick fixes, the 30 day challenges, the, you know, all the things we see, whether it's, you know, diet related or fitness related people who go ham because they think, okay, if I get this done in two weeks, I'll lose 20 pounds or whatever it is. They realize at the end, it's not sustainable. And then you set yourself up worse because you just created this unhealthy habit, this unhealthy, maybe relationship with your body, maybe unhealthy relationship with food. You went crazy. Maybe you saw results. And it's not sustainable, so then you're going to gain weight back or, or whatever the situation is. Then you feel bad. Then it creates this whole kind of cycle of like, what do I do? Do I start over? And then you just find yourself stopping, kicking the ball, stopping, kicking the ball. And it's never just this gradual, sustainable lifestyle, essentially. And so what's interesting in, in my program and what I preach in general is if working out six days a week works for you, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. But if your lifestyle only fits three days a week, you can still see results three days a week. Like it is not, you do not have to do some strict plan that seems, you know, crazy for your life. Whatever feels good for you should feel good for you. There's no like one size fits all. And I'm sure that's something you talk to your clients about with food, with nutrition, um, no one should be eating the same because we're all different bodies. Everyone is moving differently because we're all different people. We have different lifestyles. So I think the thing is with, when people go crazy ham, maybe they get excited. It comes from a good intention, right? But they realize they went a little too crazy too fast. It, they can't sustain it. And it's like a lesson learned. But unfortunately, I see them repeat it over and over and then eventually kind of hit a wall and say, okay, something needs to be fixed here. Right. One of my old roommates always used to say, you live and you don't learn. And I'm like, you know what? That is sad, but true. Yeah. <laughs> when you said yeah. crazy ham, I think it's because I know this is a total side rant. Do you guys in Canada, do you celebrate a different Thanksgiving? Yeah. So we, what is today? Today's November 8th. Yes. We had Thanksgiving a month ago. We have it at the beginning of October. Okay. And this is, <laughs> You'll see where I'm going in a second. Um, you're like, this girl is crazy. Um, the reason I ask is because when you said crazy ham, I was like, oh, Thanksgiving is around the corner. So I actually thought of a, a ham because we eat that on Thanksgiving. But I was like, ooh, I don't know if Steph's going to like get that because Thanksgiving for them is way earlier, which I didn't know until recently. But anyways, about going crazy ham, let's revert back, Claire. Let's not go on a tangent. Um, 
I see this happening a lot with nutrition as well. Um, let's call it the fad diets. Let's call it getting crazy, crazy serious with a tracking device when you maybe have little experience with it. Like, you know, people get wind of something exciting, like, oh, my friend Becky did this diet and, you know, she kicked the ball and she's rolling, right? She's Becky up there rolling. Uh, now I want to do it, right? So they go crazy ham, like you said for a little bit of time and sure it works. Like you said, maybe they see results, maybe they like what they're seeing, but when the ball comes to a halt, um, one, it's harder to get back rolling again. They're stuck in this cycle, but something that happens a lot that I see, it's something that you said in the process of being overly enthusiastic about these fads. Um, people end up with a negative relationship with food, which is something I talk about a lot, and a negative relationship with their body as a side effect. Mm -hmm. Because what we think about food, we also think about our body. They're that connected. So one thing that I like to talk to my clients about is obviously exercise that celebrates rather than punishes. And I'm sure you would agree with that, but it's kind of finding the space to love your body throughout this process of change. Because we know when we start to engage in different types of physical activity, our bodies will change regardless if that's our main priority or not. So I'm kind of curious to get your take on if someone is entering this space with like a very pointed mission of changing their body for an aesthetic reason, right? They're like, mm -hmm. I don't like my arms or I don't like my belly. These really specific things that I'm sure you've heard of mm -hmm. kind of what is your response to that to kind of bring them back down and refocus on something that may not be so negative. I love that you asked this because the first thing that we do in my fitness program is define your why. Why are you here? Why are we doing this? And I literally say, please do not tell me that you're doing this because you want a six pack or because you want a big booty. I want to know your why. Why do you want to work out? How is it going to affect your life? Not just, you know, that hour in the gym, not just your body. How is it going to translate into your relationships, into your career, into how you feel? into your confidence. Why? So I kind of give them that example of what your quote unquote why is and say, let's dig deeper than the size of your arms or your waist or your body and figure out how fitness enhances your life. So yes, I, I, it's really sad. Sometimes girls will like screenshot a picture of someone random they see online and send me it and say, I want to look like this. And I say, okay, great. Let's start over. <laughs> Let's rewind a little bit and talk about how you're feeling. Like this whole obsession with appearance, it's still, it's still is something that I'm like, why, why, why are we so obsessed with appearance and all these things? I think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to sure tone up or shape your body. Great. But your greater focus should be something deeper. You know, for me, I, I love to work out because of how it makes me feel. I love to, you know, I'm, I'm a petite girl, but I'm fairly strong, right? So that is kind of like liberating and gives me confidence. So, and like you mentioned before, it translates into my business. Like I never would have been able to do what I do now if I didn't find the strength in the gym to, and kind of pull that out. So I really try and talk to my clients as the first thing we do in my program is like defining your why and let's dig deeper than just externally, but internally how you feel. So that's, yes, I see it happen. I see women join and say, I want to look like this. or I want my arms to be like this. And it's kind of this fact we have to face that your arms may never look like the way you want them to. 
are you going to be able to live with that? Because you're going to have to, right? right? And it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love that. And that's something that I see in my nutrition program, because a lot like you, I ask someone like, what's your why? Like, why do you want to go on this journey? Especially with me, since I focus on the intuitive pattern of eating, you know, your relationship with food, like, why do you want this for yourself? And, um, I always preface like, you know, weight loss may be one of your goals and I'm not someone to shame that. Like it's your body. I'm not going to tell you what to do with it, but I'm also here to let you know that what we're working on, our main goal, um, it's going to be collaborative of course, but we're looking to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. How is the food not going to make you look, but how is it going to make you feel? So I feel like our programs, although yours is fitness-based, mine's nutrition-based, they really parallel each other. But I think you bring up an um, important topic because I see it a lot too, is that we are so obsessed. And I say we as a culture, as a society, especially younger girls, right? Um, with looking a certain way, like why do you think that is? And where do you think that comes from? Wow. That's a great question. question. <laughs> it's something I think about a lot. And, and I wonder is it one, is it one reason why, is it many reasons why certain women are more prone to this, you know, than others? Why, why, why? It's something I think about a lot. Um, definitely social media hundred percent has to do with it. We spend so much time on social media. Of course you and I both do. We're, we're coaches online, right? But a normal quote unquote, normal girl woman scrolls through Instagram, for example, probably hours a day and you're seeing bodies it's natural for us to compare ourselves to other people. But I think because of the exposure so much to seeing other people, it starts to become a lot more ingrained. Like, Oh, she looks like that. She looks really good. And then you look at yourself and you're like, well, I don't look like that. And then you start to doubt yourself. It's like this whole kind of cycle. It definitely comes from social media. Um, fitness on social media is very much, what's the word? I think it still is. It's like a person looks fit Mm -hmm. or quote unquote fit as opposed to, I know like we're getting into like body positivity and all that kind of thing now. But I think when, when we're on social media, trying to look for inspiration and motivation and all the pictures are very similar of the types of bodies, not bashing a fit body, quote unquote, but just saying that's the image that's put out there. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of things to compare ourselves to, which doesn't help the situation. I also do believe that especially millennials, the kind of culture we're in now, we have this need to feel really accepted in general. And I think we might not feel that in our jobs or in our lives. So we turn to our bodies and say, Hey, if my body looks like the quote unquote accepted body, I'll feel better. It's like once we reach X body, we'll feel happy Mm -hmm. and we realize once we get there, we're maybe not as happy as we thought we would be, or it's not what we thought we would, it would feel like. So I think it's a combination of the culture we live in, social media, how fitness is portrayed online. And just, I think a lot of women are lacking confidence in their life. Maybe we're not taught it enough growing up that we reach a point that we feel like we need to change the way we look to feel better, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that your program kind of gets at the why the feeling rather than just the way that you look, because it is so ingrained, um, in our culture mm-hmm. these days. And I think 
One thing that I actually listened to a podcast earlier today with um, Lewis Howes, and he was interviewing Robert Greene. It's the School of Greatness, one of my favorites. And Robert Greene was saying the number one need in a human life is to feel accepted, right, by other people. And I agree with that in a way. Like, of course, we all want to feel accepted. We all want to feel like we're, you know, part of a community. But I honestly and truly believe if you are living in a body and a mindset that you don't accept first, you are not going to believe it when anyone else comes along and says, Hey, I accept you because in my, and I'm definitely like taking this from something because I've read it somewhere. I've heard it somewhere. Um, what we think other people see in us is really a reflection of what we see in us, yeah. right? So if we don't believe our body is worthy, if we don't believe that we're capable of change, that we're you know worthy of being confident, then we're obviously not going to believe that anyone else thinks that we are confident, pretty, worthy, whatever the things are, because we simply don't see that in ourselves. And kind of with the the social media uh, rant that you were going on there, a good rant, of course. Um, I'm curious your opinion because this is something that I think about often when we're looking at you know fitness social media pages that are obviously inspiring, motivational, some more than others. Obviously, some more positive than others. I've had some people say to me when we're kind of talking about wanting to change our body or the shape of our arms or legs or whatever it may be, like. I love following these accounts because they're motivational. Um, but I'm always coming from the perspective of if you're filling your field with things that aren't positive for you, um, with things that make you compare your body to an unrealistic standard, then remove them from your circle. Mm. But again, I have gotten the statement sometimes that, you know, I like that it's motivational. How do you kind of skirt that line and help Maybe this isn't something that you talk about, but help people to decide if someone that they're following or some pictures that they're looking at are helpful to their journey, or if they're actually more of a detriment um, by looking at those photos. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And this is definitely something that I talk about and, and think about a lot. And I always go back to, I encourage people, yes social media and especially Instagram, it's visual. You're going to see a picture of a person and be kind of triggered by it, maybe positively or negatively. But I always encourage people to don't just look at your, the picture of whoever you're looking at, read their caption. Mm -hmm. Is their caption giving you something like information? Is it explaining where they're at in their journey? Does it make sense that what they're saying can relate to you in your life? I know a lot of people follow like bikini competitors. So of course they're doing these crazy regimens that will not make sense for your life if you're not a bikini competitor. So you can't even begin to compare her body when it looks like 0% body fat, you know, where, where you have a healthier body because you're not stepping on stage. You know what I mean? So I, I think if it's, it's bad for you and, and you're realizing that, then don't follow these things. But I, I also want to encourage just people to be resilient. So for you to see a picture of someone and, and not be triggered by it emotionally and be like, she looks like that. Amazing. I look like this. It's fine. That's what I want women to find themselves doing. Because when we, if we remove ourselves from all these triggering things, we're going to be left in a little white box just with ourselves. Right? right. So I think exposing yourself is great, but learning how to not be emotionally triggered and say all of a sudden, Oh, I, I need to look like her. Like, where is that coming from? Be okay with her body, but be okay with your body. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, that makes total sense. I love the tip that you gave at the beginning. It's like, okay, we know Instagram is a visual platform. It's literally photos. <laughs> like that's what it is. Yeah. 
read the caption. I've never thought about phrasing it in that way because a lot of the times um, for health practitioners or fitness people, I think it's easy to get hung up on, you know, for your client, if that image is negative for you, remove it, right? But a lot of the times for me personally, I don't even think about telling them, but what are they saying, right? right. So they may just be talking about a part of their journey, say a bikini competitor, for example, you may not be in that journey. You may not be willing or ever wanting to step on stage, but what they have to say could be applicable in some way, shape, or form to your journey. So just because they have an image of their body doesn't mean it is. it has to be negative or triggering for you if what they have to say is beneficial. And I love that you use the word resilience. Mm-hmm. This is one of like, if I had to write like a list of top 10 fave words, like this would literally be on it, like emotional resilience, like resilience with food, um, you know, knowing that having one food or one day of eating in a way that is different from your other ways is not going to break you. Like you will be fine unless you have a medical condition and you eat something that you're allergic to, right? right. Um, but building that resilience so that you don't have to live in that little white box, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, and even... Oh, I was going to say, even building resiliency in your, your fitness and your workouts, like, oh, you missed a day. Oh, that's cool. It's no big deal. You know, some people get super obsessed or feel guilty if they miss a day or like if you eat quote unquote bad one day or, you know, being okay with that and moving on, that's part of health in general, you know, fitness and food. So I love, I love resiliency and teaching women that it's okay. You can, you know, see something or do something or miss a day and it it not be, you know, life is over. Yeah. And this whole idea of resiliency, like it can be applied to the physical body. Like, of course, when you train, whether whatever kind of exercise you're doing, you are training your body to come to become more resilient to physical stress, positive stress, of course. And when you um, eat in a quote unquote healthier way, um, you train your body to be more resilient and protective against chronic disease. Right. And then when we train the mind to become less affected by negative images, by other people's opinions you like literally everything we've been talking about this entire episode you literally I'm just thinking of like this superhero it's like not Wonder Woman but it's like resiliency woman (laughs) I love it I love it yeah so if um you were going to leave someone with a couple of tips like someone's listening to this they're like oh I've never thought of this idea on you know building my strength and just being resilient to life in and of itself maybe they have a lot of negative triggers when it comes to exercise or food if you had like one or two things to like have them leave this podcast with to help jump start um their journey to being more resilient to these messages what would it be I would just say that I would encourage you to live a healthy and fit lifestyle in a way that feels good for you. Yeah. And, and, and that feels different for every single person listening. And that's the beauty of health and fitness. And it's not supposed to look like someone else's. It's not to feel, it's not supposed to feel like someone else's. It's just supposed to feel genuinely good to you. And if you haven't found that yet, or if you're in doing something that feels awful, know that you're allowed to change. You don't have to do the cool thing that's on the internet or the cool diet that's on the internet. Like if you're doing that right now, it's okay. But if it feels awful, you're allowed to step out of it. Just trust yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to say is trust yourself in the way you feel. 
Yeah. You're, I love that. You're just giving everyone listening a permission slip. You're like, if you don't yes. like it, don't do it. Yes. And to everyone listening, like really like rewind. If, can you even rewind a podcast? I don't know. Rewind. If you need to listen to that again, because what you just said, I think is a trademark of a good coach. Um, wow. if I ever see someone on social media who's saying, like you're going to follow my program and this is what your goal is going to be. And this is what you are going to do. That makes me think you are telling someone what their definition of health is going to be rather than, of course, we all work within our different programs, but we take people into our programs and we say, okay, this is the general framework of what I do. But my main goal for you as a coach is to be healthy to your standards in to your goals, not to mine for you, right? I want to give you the tools to succeed to your own definition, not to my own definition. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's so funny. I literally wrote a post about this today on my Facebook saying, as a coach, I, I give a lot of independence. I am giving you the tools. I'm giving you the structure. I'm giving you the things, but what happens when you, I, I'm not holding your hand anymore, right? You need that independence. So I coach independence and that's the same thing with not having to do it my way, but we're together finding a way that works for you and everyone's way is different. And that's something I think people are missing today in health and fitness in general. They think it's just has to be this one way. It doesn't. And it, no one way is going to feel good for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I see coaches, like you say, you must follow this plan because it works. Well, maybe it works for you as the coach, yeah. but your clients are not you. So that's a good coach right there. And I yeah. know you're, you're like that with nutrition. Yeah. And that's why I love um, intuitive eating. What I do so much is because it literally, I would argue is the type of eating, if you can even call it that, the, the category, if you want to call it that, um, that gives people the most independence. Of course, in the beginning, if you've never done it before, if you have been reliant on a diet or a tracking device, like it's going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to need support, right? Um, in the beginning, I am here for your support. Again, I'm not going to hold your hand all the time, but what I want for you um, is to use it, you to succeed in your definition of health on your own eventually, right? I'm not letting you use me as a crutch. Like I'm not setting you up with a program that you need to stick to for the rest of your life because I think the true definition of a coach and someone who sets you up on your own wellness journey is someone who walks you through something that teaches you about you in a way that you can grow that for the rest of your life, regardless of if you're working with them or not. Um, so I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I want to be respectful of your time and I highly, highly, um, appreciate connecting with you today and you taking the time out of your schedule to be here and shout out to Sam Miller. If he ever listens to this, he is the connecting glue between Steph and I. He actually introduced us as a mutual friend. And I'm always so, so glad to connect with someone in the health and fitness industry who like not only is my hair twin, but also (laughs) um, just like a spirit animal in a way. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on here. I love, I love everything that you talk about and you promote and what you do. This was amazing. And yeah, it's awesome. Perfect. And I have one final question. Well, it's one formal final question, and then we'll talk about how people can find you. Okay. The question that I always like to close my podcast with is because I talk about gentle nutrition and living your life in a gentle way so that you can grow to the best version of yourself. 
So I ask you today, Steph, what are you doing in your daily life to live a little bit more gently with yourself so that you can grow to your full potential, but you're not beating yourself up over all that maybe doesn't go right in a day? Mm, I love that. So something I have been working on lately myself in my personal life, which is pretty much everything, my business, my fitness, everything is to be just more present, be more present in my workouts. And when I eat, when I'm with my fiance, when I'm just everything to be more present. Cause I feel like it's easy. I think in the online space and as a coach to get caught up with go, go, go and hustle and all these things that we, we move too fast. And something I've been working on is to be a little more gentle with myself and be just be more present in everything I do. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. The yoga teacher in me is like beaming right now. <laughs> Everyone listening can't see me, but I'm definitely beaming. So um, thank you again for being here. Last question. If anyone is hearing what you're saying, if they want to check you out on social media or check out some of the programs you mentioned, how do they find you and get in contact with you? Yes. So the best two and easiest ways are one Instagram at exogingy. That is where I am. And then also if you're on Facebook, I have an amazing Facebook community. It's called the courageously confident community. It's a Facebook group. It's free. I drop a lot of free content info. A lot of amazing connection is in there as well. So those are the two best spots to find me. Very cool. Now, even I'm listening to this. I'm like, Ooh, I need to hop on that Facebook group. So (laughs) anyone listening to the podcast, I will see you guys there. Um, but thank you again so much, Steph, for your time. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen. As always, if you are liking what you're hearing here on the Yours Julie podcast, please feel free to leave some stars to indicate your level of likeness. Um, leave us a review. Tell us what you learned. I would love, love, love to hear from you so we, we can keep this rolling with some more awesome guests. But that is all we have today. Yours truly, Claire and Steph.